It's time now for the complete story with Dick Bott, a public news and information feature of Bot Radio Network to keep you informed about the most important issues of our day. Now, here is Dick Bott with today's complete story. Okay, well, here we go, folks. I am flying solo today, so we're going to have a good time. And, you know, I was thinking, life is many things. And, by the way, forgive my voice because I'm going to, I'm still working on it. And as long as you can understand me, then we'll get along just fine. But life is many, many things. There are the joys. There are the celebrations. There are the birthdays. And there are the anniversaries. And there are the graduations. And there are the marriages. Of course, that's on our family's mind right now. And by the way, Rich is on the West Coast on his honeymoon. Can you imagine? Anyway, but life is also filled with sorrow and loss and difficulty. And there comes a time when you're saying goodbye to your loved one. When you say goodbye to your loved one, the Bible covers it all, folks. The Bible covers it from the beginning to the end. And the Lord is the one we trust. The Lord is the one we put our faith in. So what is the worst thing you could imagine? What is the worst thing you could imagine? And I'll tell you, there was an old black black preacher in Los Angeles. His name was um, Dr. E.V. Hill. And he pastored a big church in Los Angeles. And I mean to tell you, it was something. He spoke at National Religious Broadcasters Convention in Washington, D.C., and I could tell you about that, but that's another story. It was wonderful. Anyway, Dr. E.V. Hill's wife died. Oh, what a loss. What a sorrow. And he preached her funeral. I've used that a couple of three times on the complete story because it just meant so much to me. I could feel in that big congregation that came to the funeral in Los Angeles, the sorrow as he walked through the pages of their life together, and he told about who she was and the daughter of who, and he was who he was, and then they get married, and life is not just sailing off into the sunset, folks, and when he preached that funeral, I had never heard somebody preach like that, so it was certainly strange to me, and yet, when you listen to it, when you listen to it, you will understand what he's talking about. You will understand his heart and the sorrow that he's feeling as he's standing there preaching the funeral of his own wife and their life together. So here it is. I don't know how to express myself and to thank all of you who have come from so many places. And not any of you have had to be asked to come. All of you called and said, I'm on my way. I have not stood as an act of super strength. No. nor a selfish effort. I have no special 
strength for this task. But I stand fulfilling a promise that my member asked of me. My member said, preach my funeral. And I am not only, I was not only her husband and lover, I'm her pastor. I baptized her and I shall bury her remains. I shall preach today from the subject, my wife's death in biblical perspective. My text is Job 1.21. The Lord gave, and the Lord hath taken away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. In my wife, he gave a great gift. She was a gift from the union of great parents. I want to pay respect and honor to the parents of my wife. My wife was well bred. My wife's father was a distinguished man who got his PhD from Cornell University in 1920. My wife's mother was secretary to Felton Clark Sr. at Southern University of Baton Rouge. She was secretary to the lady who organized Phyllis Wheatley homes throughout America. My wife was well bred. And I want to drop a word. Be careful who your children are mating up with. You can't get no racehorses out of mules. broken up. My daughter sitting here fell in love with something that knocked on my door once. And he said, is no rules here? I said, here? I said, not for you. Well, I'll come see it. You can't. You mean I can't say no? Who said so? I did. I'm her father. You don't even look like what I'm looking for. That is it her choice? No. And best we can, unless she goes crazy, we're going to try to give her to something that has some potential. You got to break up something. All would come running down. Was that for me? No. That wasn't for you at all. Well, wasn't that so and so? Yes. Well, why did why did you run him away? I said because he wasn't for you. 
and she looked at me and she said, well, I think he's a nice poison. <laughs> and I said, go get your mother. I want to ask her a question. I have never had no doubts before. But I, I, I want to know now, are you really mine? <laughs> She said to me once in anger and attempted to hurt me, but it didn't because I, I was aware of a motive. She said, I will never marry a man like you. You're chauvinist. You're a dictator. She said, you're good for my mother, but never for me. <laughs> so I finally married her. I'm the president of the National Chauvinist Association. <laughs> I married her to the vice president. <laughs> I could not have been better pleased. I said, you're picking, you're acting like a heel now. And every now and then, when I'm alone with her, and when I'm thanking God for my son-in-law, my daughter's an attorney practicing in Bronx, New York, and my son-in-law is an attorney practicing on Wall Street. You have to mate them up. I said, I said to her, I think he's a nice voice. The Lord giveth. He gave to Dr. and Mrs. John Milton Carruthers a sweet child. She honored her parents. She loved them dearly. The Lord gave in baby a great student. She was trained in the best of schools, born on a university campus, Pine Bluff, Arkansas, reared on a university campus, Prairie View University, and she aspired to become a feminine woman. She would often come to my bedside before going to Bible study, Dottie. And she would say, do I look all right? She would say, am I pretty? I had to say, yesterday at the funeral home, to an empty shell, you're pretty. You're classy. You're a lady. She accepted Jesus Christ as a savior and the Bible as a guide in all truths the Lord truly gave. He gave our family a great woman. She was 
determined to be the best moral, spiritual, physical, clean, and appropriate woman ever given to a man from a child. She wanted nothing to be spotted on her. She wanted to save herself, to give herself to a man. And so on August the 29th, 1955, 32 years ago, I received my wife, only God could give. Through my wife, the Lord gave, I'm still on my text, he gave me an encourager. And I'd like if you would give me time to give you several examples. I invested in a service station down in Houston. Many of you remember my service station. And I lost my shirt. And my wife, for one of those rare moments, said to me, Edward, you don't have time for service station. I wouldn't put any money in that. I said, I, I want to do it. She said, go right ahead. When I lost it, I, I called her and I said, well, I've lost the station. She said, all right. And when I got home, she wasn't at the door and that's always her position would be at the door. I said, uh-huh, she's pouting because we done lost this money. And I said, baby, where are you? She said, I'll be out in a little bit. And she finally came out and I said, now, what's wrong? She said, well, I've been figuring up something. I said, what have you been figuring? She said, well, I figured that you don't smoke and you don't drink. And if you had smoked and drank, you would have lost by smoking as much as you've lost in the service station. So six in one hand, half dozen in the other, let's forget it. <laughs> the Lord gave. I said, the Lord gave. She could have broken me at that point. She could have said, I told you. I went home one evening at night and I walked in the door and there were candles everywhere. And I said to her, what meanest thou this? She said, well, we've been married right at six months and I just thought we would have a candlelight supper. And that sounded groovy to me. <laughs> and so she said, we're just gonna eat by candlelight. But she forgot to put a candle in the bathroom. And I went in the bathroom to wash my face and cut on the lights and no light came. I went in the bedroom and cut on light and no light came. I went out and sat down. I said, baby, did they cut the lights off? She began to cry. She said, you work so hard. And we're trying. It was pretty rough. And I didn't quite have enough money to pay the light bill. And I didn't want you to know about it. So I thought we would just eat by candles. She could have said, I've never been in this shape before. She could have said that I was reared in the home of Dr. Carruthers and we've never had our lights cut off. 
she could have broken my spirit she could have ruined me she could have demoralized me but she said let's eat by count we'll turn the light on one day somehow or another we're gonna get these lights on but let's eat by candles she was my protector one week when I received quite a few death notices and one night when I received a notice that I would be killed the next day I uh, I woke up thankful to be alive but I noticed she was gone and I looked out the window and my car was gone and I went outside and finally she drove up in a row and I said where have you been she said I, I it just occurred to me that they put a bum in that car last night and that if you had gotten in there you would have been blown away so I got up and drove it and she said it's all right the Lord gave and I could go on and on for like Job so far as a wife is concerned I was one of the richest men of earth it is because of having been given so much in baby that the rest of the text seems out of order having made up and fixed up and provided for me such a person as baby was and is it's almost inappropriate to deal with the rest of this text we, 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 we get so used to and the Lord giveth we take it for granted and so when the Lord taketh away we pitch a temper tantrum and the sign of Christian maturity is that when the Lord giveth bless it Bless it. But when he takes away Christian maturity, when he doesn't give you what you ask for, Christian maturity, bless it. Bless it. Job said, here is the biblical explanation. He said, your doctors are only practicing physicians. They are not physicians. They are practicing physicians. So Job said, here is the explanation. The law took away. Oh, bless his name. My, my, my text not only provides the explanation of her death, but it provides the proper response that I must have. Blessed be the name of the Lord. When her illness became serious and when her doctors in private conference said that they could do all they could do, I went into the chapel and I got up two simple words 
Trust me. Now I quickly concluded that this trust me meant that he was going to heal her as a living miracle. But the spirit did not say that. The spirit said, trust me. And I said, in an argument, I said, trust you. What is there to trust if you're not going to heal it? But the spirit says, no, that's, that's not all that he meant. He meant was that he may take her. But trust me. Amen. I said, trust him and he may take a yes. This, this may be it. But trust me. Trust me with baby out of your sight. Flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of heaven. Now you got to trust me, Hill. I can't let you walk with me because I didn't come for you. But I came for her. And you've got to trust me. This mortal must put on immortality. Death must be swallowed up. Trust me. The Bible says, hallelujah, hallelujah, that this world is nothing compared to the glory of those who trust Jesus. The Bible says, I have not seen, ear has not heard, Trust me, you think she was pretty, but ah, Hill, you just wait until you see her again. Just wait, just wait. I said, just wait until I get out of this earthen vessel and put her in her heavenly garment. Just wait until you see her as she is. No more sickness. No more sorrow. No more pain. Just wait until we are caught up to meet him in the air. Just wait till it's all over with. Just wait till I get through. Just wait. Trust me. Trust me. Trust me. Trust me. Yeah, you see, folks, that's the tough part. How to learn to trust. How to learn to trust and put your faith in Christ. Well, I'll tell you what, it goes all the way back 2,000 years. Listen to this song. I'm not on I'm of a 
Now the phone number for our listeners to call and comment is 800-345-2621. 800-345-2621. This is Dick Bott with this chapter of the Khalid Story as a public service. I'll see you later. <laughs> 